The Pittsburgh Steelers struggled in a 34-9 loss in their preseason finale against the Carolina Panthers. But as everyone knows, it's the preseason. We don't care too much about the score. Winning is just a formality at this point. The bottom line are what lessons were able to be taken from that experience. I'm Chris Carter here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. We're going to break that down right here for you on this bonus episode as you're heading into your weekend. Let's get into it. Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Odyssey, or anywhere podcasts are hosted. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That really helps us out. Also, rate us five stars with a positive comment on Apple, and you get a special shout-out at the end of the show. So, as you all know, this is a bonus episode. I normally don't do Saturday episodes, but this is the last preseason game, so why not? I was... Up late at Channel 11 WPXI doing skylights with uh, Jenna Harner going over all the high school football action in week zero of Western PA. So that was a lot of fun. But I still got some energy for y'all, so I wanted to give you just my quick thoughts after the game. We'll get more full thoughts from Monday's episode. So as you know, Steelers lost 34-9. was you know, the by far the worst performance they've had. Mike Tomlin really not pleased. Called their performance junior varsity at halftime and continued that uh, using that kind of phrasing uh, even after the game, talking about Dwayne Haskins as well. This was Dwayne Haskins' chance to shine. Um, this was kind of why all throughout preseason I was like, okay, he looks good here, but let's put context to this. You know, a lot of people looking at Mason Rudolph never throwing a touchdown in preseason as a thing. Um, you know, Dwayne Haskins had, had you know, had, th- had thrown a touchdown, had led some touchdown drives. But this was also why each of those times I was kind of like, ah, I'm not – putting too much stock into this you know there's obvious talents there that Dwayne Haskins has that you want to talk about but um you know you look at you, you look at this night and you can't ignore the results of it now the final results of the night don't look too bad on paper when you look at nine for 16 for 108 yards a touchdown and interception you're like okay that's not bad but let's put some context into this this was his chance to run with the first team, which was really the second team. I mean, they had Chase Claypool out there. They had James Washington out there. Um, but, you know, the offensive line was missing Zach Banner, Trey Turner, Najee Harris didn't play. There was a lot of pieces that weren't there for this for this offense. Um, and they were going up against the first, first stringers uh, of the Carolina Panthers. So, you know, put context to that. But also, this was where they were hoping to see some progress from Dwayne Haskins. He had been able to perform well against the second and third teams that he had faced earlier in the preseason. They wanted to see how he fare against them, even if he wasn't, you know, immaculate or anything. Just simply get the job done of of keeping the ball in hands. And he had his first turnover of the preseason um, before the final, his last big drive of the game. He was two of nine for thirty eight yards, zero touchdowns, and an interception. That was really bad. I know at halftime his like passer rating was like 2.8. That was a rough time. Now, Josh Dobbs did have turf toe, according to Jerry Dulac. That's why he kind of came out of the game. That gave Dwayne Haskins a, you know, a couple more drives at the end. On his last drive, he was 5 of 5 for 70 yards and a touchdown. So he rebounded, but again, against the third stringers of the Carolina Panthers, not exactly the showing that you wanted. It's like, okay, well, that, that's not when you wanted to see it. 
Um, the biggest thing is this, though, and Mike Tomlin said it wasn't the performance that they expected of him, nor what Dwayne expected of himself. But to me, Mike Tomlin has made sure to see that Dwayne gets a chance. And you could tell he really believes this guy has the talent. And one thing that I will say, too, the physical attributes are there. He had a couple plays where he escaped the pocket and extended plays that I thought were pretty impressive. He, there were also some tough drops. Ray McLeod had a couple drops on the night. We'll get to that in just a minute. Um, but all in all, Dwayne Haskins, this is a lesson that he should learn and kind of take it back and say, okay, I need to. these are the things I need to work on this offseason. I still think he's made the roster. I still think that he's absolutely going to be there, but it's obvious he's number three. Um, and Mason Rub, and again, that's no, that's no slight to him. It's like Mason Rub, he's been with the team. This is what we expected from the jump. I know there were a lot of people who were excited that that could happen. That there was a lot more consistency that we needed to see if that was ever going to happen. It just wasn't a whole lot of room for that. He would have had to have a phenomenal night for that question to be even entertained. And it didn't happen. The you know, opposite happened. So, um, all in all, Dwayne Haskins, uh, you know, he's he still got ways to grow, but this is a chance for him to look at it and grow from it. The pan, you know, as Brooke Pryor from ESPN brought up, um, you know, on our Thursday episode, when we were, we were talking about Dwayne Haskins, um, the Carolina Panthers were the team that ended his career in Washington. So now, you know, they ends his first preseason in Pittsburgh. Maybe there's some motivation to say, okay, I, I need to make it, make sure that nobody can show me up like that again. So uh, all things considered, Dwayne Haskins proved why Mason Ruff is number two. Again, the Steelers, they're not looking for guys to make superstar throws. Just don't lose the game. Don't throw the interception. And he did in this game. It was a tough time. Um, I also think it's crucial to point out, you know, with the backup situation, the Steelers' backups that they're facing, the difference in production. In this game, they were 2 of 11 on third downs. And you're like, well, why does, you know, Chris, why, where you're pulling third down stats out of nowhere? Well, I'm not because – during the other three preseason games, when we saw Ben Roethlisberger and we even saw Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph, but usually they were going up against another team's second and third teams. You know, comparable. You know, t- there's a more a better comparison among the among those talents. During those three games, the Steelers were 24 45 on uh, on third downs. That is a so from that that go that means they went from 53 percent in all these other games to 22 percent in this game. That shows you know the lack of you know, continuity that, that Mike Tomlin was looking to see on offense. And that's where I think the biggest problems came for Dwayne Haskins, not being able to extend drives, not being able to keep things alive. I know there were a couple of drops, but you still got to be able to overcome that. Uh, Ray McLeod, you know, key member of those drops. He dropped one that was a really good third down ball where Dwayne Haskins bought some time and hit him in the hands, didn't bring it in. Um, and then there was another, really, honestly, I thought this, this one pass down the sideline, I believe it was the second quarter. I thought that, was Dwayne Haskins' best ball of the night. I mean, it was tight coverage down the sideline, right into the breadbasket for Raven McLeod. And he got one foot in, but he didn't get the other foot in, so it didn't count as a catch. But that was one of those throws that I was like, okay, if Dwayne Haskins can make more of those throws, you got something to work with here. Uh, but McLeod, you know, four, four catches on nine targets, 61 yards, did have that touchdown at the end. You know, it didn't wow anybody. It wasn't, you know, that wasn't the plan. But I will say this. Um, he may have won a job by uh, default because the guy that was pushing him on special teams for that that's returner spot was uh, Matthew Sexton. He had had some really good nights uh, in the preseason. We, we'd seen him, and he has, he boasts like four three speed. The, the guy is ridiculously fast. So you know, I, coming into this game, I was like, man, if Sexton has another like blow him up game, you know, Ray McLeod may be in trouble. Well, 
Matthew Sexton did have a blow it up game. The problem is he blew up his own game. He muffed two punts and lost one. It was a, that was a fumble. Um, so tough night for him. Uh, but again, it just shows, and I tweeted this out during the game. It just shows you how hard it is to make the NFL. This guy ran a sub four, four. If you are running a four, four, five, you are fast. If you're running a, anything, if you're running anything below a four, five, you're really, you're, you're a fast individual. If you're, Running a four four five or lower, you're 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 faster than that. If you're running four four two, you're lightning. If you're running four four flat, you're ridiculous. Anything below four four, I don't have any. I, I I probably can't find you because you're so fast. You're moving and you're you're like you're, you're a blur on the screen. That's how fast Ryan Sexton is. He's that fast. Had a really good training camp. Had a, had had some really good preseason returns. And two moments can mess up your entire uh, your entire preseason. You know, so we'll see if he sticks with the practice squad. Um, also, Robert Spillane, rough night, had a touchdown thrown right over his head. I think we further and further see, even against, you know, when he got to the backups, there's a reason they had to go get uh, uh, um, uh, Joe Schobert. They had, they, there's a reason they had to go get him. They were, there was, you know, I was all for Spillane getting to roll and getting to role play as, you know, a thumper guy that could sometimes help a couple, but he can't help at all. You cannot depend on that man there. They're going to need to make sure that he is not ever in a cover linebacker spot because he will get eaten alive. Um, other things I saw that weren't as promising, Buddy Johnson didn't seem like he was processing things as quickly as I'd seen him earlier in camp. And this is part of what happens as a rookie. Sometimes you come in, you're really strong in your first few weeks and you're really confident what you see. But when a lot of different things start getting thrown at you and new scheme here and new audible, new audible hair, new added part of the playbook here, new challenge here you know, new thing that the coaches are putting on you, you know, you know, not that Buddy Johnson had the green dot, but like when you get responsibilities that involve leadership, then it starts to put more pressure on you. And then you might come, you know, start saying this, you know, stacking these problems up, they get higher and higher and higher. And then eventually you start to make more mistakes because you're stressed out. You're worrying about all these other things and you're still getting your feet under you. So this is why, you know, again, while you pump the brakes when trying to jump all over rookies and, and declare things, especially guys that are like late mid to later round picks like Buddy Johnson. Um, so all those things I said did sound pretty negative. I'm sorry, Steelers fans. You know, we, you know, we've, we've, we've been having a fun preseason. We've seen how the Steelers are performing. They've done a, they've done a stellar job. I'll give you some more, some positive thoughts in this, in this second segment, because there were some positive things to glean from, from the night. And uh, one of them was pretty obvious. I'll talk to you that, that, that about that right after this. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast with a bonus episode on the Saturday, uh, Saturday, basically the Saturday Sunday episode. We normally don't do that, but you know, preseason game on Friday, we I wouldn't be able to talk about it until Monday, and it's the last preseason game. Why not? We've done it for the other the other three, so uh, figured we we could do this now. Um, as I said, the most important thing the Steelers had to do in this game was not lose any major players, and they did that. Chase Claypool even played in this game, had a reverse, you know, looked pretty good, had a catch, looked pretty good in that too. Um, you know, everyone was terrified when he went down. I think it was two weeks ago in, in, a, in a training camp practice at Heinz Field, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, Chase is down. It's not looking good. He's not putting any weight on it. Oh, he was back, and he was back all week in practice. We saw him practice, and you can't so – there's always rules about what you can say and can't say about camp or about training camp or about practices in general for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, but 
Uh, but Claypool looked solid out there. And the biggest thing is, you know, you got Ben, you know, you got Najee, your line's fine. Your receivers are, look fine. Your, uh, your secondary's fine. Still question about, you know, Stephon to it. No announcement of TJ Watt yet. There were a lot of rumors that that might happen in the middle of the game, right after the game. It hasn't happened yet as me, as we recording this and it's late sat, you know, Friday night to Saturday morning. So, you know, maybe, maybe something comes out by the time you're watching this, um, if you're if you're watching this a little bit earlier or a little bit later in the weekend. Um, but other things I like, I, I like James Pierre looked like he was back from a, a rough game in uh, in week three of the preseason against the Lions. He had a really good tackle for loss and a wide receiver screen where he worked around his man, saw him running with his guys as usual. James Pierre looking solid at outside cornerback. Isaiah Loudermilk, a guy that they needed to see more of. Uh, the Wisconsin Badger they traded up to get in the fifth round. Um, had a really solid night, five tackles and a sack. Uh, that's a really good night for what he's been putting in. Um, so I, I think that he's a guy that they they see a lot of potential in. Again, he has a, a similar build to how Cam Hayward is, you know, height and weight wise. They want to see this guy flourish. So good thing seeing him seeing that there. Uh, another thing to remember, like I said before, this was the Panthers' third preseason game. This is the Steelers' fourth preseason game. So when you look at the Panthers, you know they're starting more of their guys for a longer periods of time. The Steelers weren't ever going to do that. They, they they pulled a lot of people. You never saw Minka. We we still haven't seen TJ play a snap in preseason. But you get my point that there's, you know, there there's a different air there for how that works. Um, Jalen Samuels had two catches for twenty yards. Solid for him. Uh, I know that he's on the bubble and. Benny Snell, I get this, and that was the one guy I missed in my first segment about Negan. So excuse me while I turn back red, but Benny Snell, he had a really good 17-yard run um, that I thought he ran hard on when it was there. But the problem was that was really all he had. Other than that 17-yard run, he had 28, 28 yards on eight carries, a three a night of 3.5 yards per carry. Not, not something you're mad at when you look at overall, but when you look at the when you take the 17-yard yarder out, and I know that's not fair, but you know, that's seven carries. For 11 yards, that's not good. Now, part of that's the offensive line, but again, this was this was the problem about Benny Snell missing. He doesn't get the benefit of being a Najee Harris, of being a Minka Fitzpatrick, of being a TJ Watt. Of you know what? Oh, it just takes him time to get up to speed. No, buddy, you got to be up to speed right now. You haven't had a, the the NFL career that the Steelers hoped that you would, uh, and they want to see more out of you. It didn't work out too well for him in this game. I thought there were a couple of plays that he did make that were solid. That 17 yard run was was solid. I thought that he, you know, did better in pass protection. Um, but that's a big question now: is what do they do with the running back position? And uh, to me, Kalen Balaj solidified, you know, further solidifies his number two spot. He's been consistent all throughout training camp. He got two carries in this game, took him for a total of eight yards. It's what he does: he finds space, makes it happen, does all the different jobs. I, I really think Kalen Balaj has done that. Now I will say. A guy that I absolutely loved in this game was Kevin Dotson. I thought he showed, hey, this is why everyone was excited. This is why everyone believed in me. And he was able to show, like, I'm I'm ready for, for practice next week. Like, I, he looked physical. He looked dominant. He was turning guys out of the hole. I loved everything about Kevin Dotson. If, you were, if you're looking for an offensive lineman for the Steelers to get behind, left guard, number 69, a big nasty, Kevin Dotson. All right, now, um, that being said on the offensive line, Kuma Korfor, also not at the best night. Uh, and that's not a good sign because Dan Moore Jr. has been breathing down his back. And uh, I thought Dan Moore Jr. did a solid job when he was in there. But, man, that's a tough call. Again, veteran versus a rookie. What might actually be the call is going to free agency or trading and finding an offensive tackle. Remember, the cut period is coming up now. They were There will be 
full cuts, uh, but for all uh, all rosters, for all 53-man rosters will be down, have to be down at 53 um, uh, by Tuesday, August 31st at 4 p.m. So the Steelers have to get the, their numbers down to that by that time. You know, I'm not saying a core four will be cut, but uh, they might try to add some more depth at offensive tackle just because they need answers at that position. Um, you know, if one guy goes down, what's going to happen? Can be everyone kind of balance things out? Uh, maybe that comes in free agency, maybe in a trade, maybe something clicks for Chukumo Core for. Maybe Dan Moore starts. I don't know, but we will find out. Again, those roster cuts come out August 31st, 4 p.m. We'll be talking about those right on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. That's right. That'll be just in time for our Wednesday podcast with Dean and Josh. It'll be an exciting time then. I thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can check out this show anywhere, but especially on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Odyssey. Be sure to subscribe on all those channels. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's 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 really important. Also, rate us five stars, deposit, comment, and you Get a special shout out at the end of the show. I'm Chris Carter. Thanks again for listening to or watching the Locked On Steelers podcast. Be back in your ears and on your screens on Monday.